Welcome to The Blanket for everyone. And today joining me, I have Allison Alley, if you're one of the ladies, Temple. And she will be joining us today. And we can talk about her books, both of the MM and the FF variety. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit about uh, Ms. Temple, if you're nasty. Uh, <laughs> Allison lives in Toronto. Uh, she's got a husband uh, who is apparently very, very patient because uh, I think anyone who's married to an author needs to be. Uh, the 100%. world's cutest team of rescue pets. Uh, and uh, while she is very intelligent to the point where she's not allowed a pub trivia night ever again, she is just not exactly motivated to clean the house. And I don't blame her because neither am I. There's way more better things to spend your time doing. So Always. <laughs> So welcome to the Blanket Fort, Allison. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to our time in the Blanket Fort all week. <laughs> uh, so so my favorite word is so, and I'm trying not to use that word. And uh, there you go. Enjoy that no, podcast, folks. You'll so, never unhear it. Never, never. Uh, let's start off with, you know, like, what are you up to? I know you've got Destination Bedding coming mm -hmm. coming up soon, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So my next release is Destination Betting, uh, which is a sapphic bridesmaid rom-com. Uh, it's out on December seventeenth. So I think I think we're under the four week mark now. Um, Wait, yeah, December and or January? Did I say December? Yeah, because um, my brain is in Christmas mode already. Uh, <laughs> so D Destination Betting is a sapphic bridesmaid rom-com. It's out on January seventeenth. Yeah, and it's part of the Summit Springs uh, shared sapphic series. So they're all set, uh, as you know, because you're also um, involved in that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so they're all set in this small Colorado mountain town. Um, and mine is a bunch of chaotic family members who all get together for the weekend for a wedding uh, where things don't go as planned uh, because they never do in a destination wedding. In any wedding. In any wedding. In any sure. wedding. It's true. <laughs> Yep. And by the time this episode airs, actually, it'll be January 18th. So you will be out for a whole day. A whole day. I hope it's been, dear future Allison, I hope release day was amazing. Uh, yeah, it uh, hopefully will go very smoothly. Hopefully yeah. that will go smoothly. Yeah, Even if go. weddings don't, at least hopefully the launch of this book will. Yeah. I mean, like for my wedding, uh, we got in the limo, got three blocks away, and then I had to make them turn around because I left my glasses at home. Oh, no. And then we got the funny thing is, is I am perpet I'm either obscenely early or yes. late. Right. On time just doesn't happen with me. So I was actually, despite the fact that we had to turn back around and I so I could get my glasses, uh, mm -hmm. I was a few minutes early for my own wedding, which everyone didn't, <gasps> everyone was convinced I was going to be late. My grandmother, however, was late to the church, and I had oh, to sit no. in the parking lot of the church until my <gasps> grandmother showed up because, like, you know, we're not going to start the wedding without the bride's yeah, yeah. grandmother. And everyone was convinced that the reason why it started late was my fault. Oh. I was like, I, I was yeah, on can't, time for what? You can't, you can't throw Nana under the bus for something no. like that. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's too bad. Our wedding. Our wedding was in October and it was freezing and like October wedding, we knew it was going to be hit or miss. Like that was a risk we had decided to take, but I had friends who had gotten married the same weekend the year before and it was glorious. And then my cousin got married the same weekend a year later 
and it was glorious. And our wedding, it was like eight degrees Celsius and raining. I remember leaving the house in the morning to go get my hair done and there was frost on the lawn. And I remember thinking this is like we had like it wasn't like an outdoor ceremony, like in a big sprawling field. It wasn't on top of a mountain like a destination wedding, but it was it was in a tent outside um, and we had not rented heaters. Uh, and I'd spent the last three days calling all the guests being like, so you have like a jacket or a wrap? Like, like, it's okay if it's a hoodie, that's fine. Like, I really was very concerned about cold guests. And when you look at the pictures, everyone's having a good time, but everybody looks like they could be warmer. Um, <laughs> it did not, did not go the way we thought it was going to. I had friends that got married the last weekend in October. And their reception was Halloween themed and indoors, but the ceremony itself was outside in the little, because it it was one of those event spaces that they have, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, ooh, it was chilly. Chilly. October is, we always joke here is, you know, you grew up in Canada when all of your Halloween costumes had to fit over your snowsuit. Oh, yeah. Um, Because you never know. You never know with Halloween. Halloween is even riskier than the beginning of October. When I was a kid, my mom still talks about how when I was a kid, she would make us Halloween costumes. I'd be home handmade. Like my mom is a, an excellent seamstress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, my like mom. One too. year, I was like Carmen Miranda. One year, like complete oh, with the fruit hat. She <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sewed me fruit. Oh no, that's amazing. And one year, I was a, a mermaid, and she nice. made me a whole mermaid outfit complete with nice. like this felt top to make it look like it was a big you know the, the seashell bikini and everything yeah, 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 yeah. but every halloween it was raining and cold yes. so we had to yes. wear our heavy coats over it yes. to go check a yeah. yeah no it's really yeah. yeah there was one year my brother insisted absolutely insisted he wanted to be a ninja turtle and so my dad very kindly it was a pretty like my mom sewed a lot of our costumes that one my dad was in charge of and so it was literally like my brother was in a green sweatsuit he was probably six or seven he was in a green sweatsuit with a hoodie and then they made him like the eye mask to tie around his head and then my dad made a shell out of a green backpack um with like a chunk of styrofoam that was probably like from a box or something that he like carved out to look like a shell and then painted it with like green craft paint which it was fabulous and like at school he was my brother was very popular that day but then we went out trick-or-treating and it started raining and the shells started to melt. Melt because it's and like styrofoam. green paint on every, in the car, on our hands, on my costume, on my dad, like everywhere. Oh, um, It was very, it was a fabulous costume and that was a very sad end to a oh. fabulous costume. Yeah. <laughs> what? See, weather, you never know what's going to happen. No, no, yeah. no, no. And especially like us, uh, uh, you mentioned that I'm involved. I'm a mod uh, for, uh, summit springs mm-hmm. and uh especially because it is you know a, a fictional colorado town in colorado you know like that that weather who knows what's going to happen no. right no <laughs> don't like the weather wait five minutes in colorado for sure oh yeah I, uh, i've been there a couple of times not for very much one time i was there for grl mm-hmm. and then one one time i was there for an, an unplanned uh layover oh yes i've done that <laughs> And uh, it, it's it's a beautiful state, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that was one of the reasons. So it was Julia Talbot who reached out to me initially about getting involved in Summit Springs. And all she said was Colorado Mountain Town. And I was like, I am in because we did, my family did go skiing in Colorado a couple of times when I was growing up. Um, and it's just, it's so, 
it's so different from here where I live in Eastern Ontario. Like it's just, it's, it's, everything is big and mountainous and busy and so much snow. Like even just like we skied at home, but the snow in Colorado is different. Um, and those little towns, like every little mountain town has one of everything and then has like these big resorts sort of squished up on the sides of the hills and like, yeah, they're neat places. So I was really excited to explore it a little bit through this series for sure. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I live in, uh, I live on the East coast in New Jersey. So I have yeah. that whole shore weather going on. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, uh, someone was showing me her, uh, a friend was showing me her forecast for the next week and it's like, you know, single digits in Fahrenheit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's like 32 here. That's cold. And she was just yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we're all bracing. Well, no, my extended family is bracing for like snow, snow, snow. I think they're predicting like 10, 12 inches on Friday or Saturday in mm. some parts sort of along the stretch of highway between where I live and where my parents live. There's these big predictions. And like in Toronto, we're right on Lake Ontario and it's the same thing. Like we're going to get a lot of rain tomorrow yeah, and then maybe an inch or two of snow on Friday and that's it. And I just, I'm not broadcasting that with yeah. my family because I don't. Because don't they'll, be, the they'll be like, you know what, ma'am? <laughs> you can drive. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. don't want to bring on any ill will during the holidays. No, but I, I think that uh, we're getting the snow end of that same storm mm-hmm. because yeah. it's supposed to snow here tomorrow and then like oh, possibly even thunderstorms on Friday, oh, yeah. but it's going to be warm. It's going to be in the 50s Fahrenheit for me. Oh, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's going to be super, super cold. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel the better, Thursday, I'm, I'm looking at our forecast. It's saying a high of 50 on Thursday, Friday, a high of uh, 52, but then Saturday, a high of 22. So yeah, a 30 degree drop in, yeah. in 24 hours. Yeah, we're going, our temperatures are all in centigrade, but it's like yeah. high of six or eight tomorrow and then minus 15 on Christmas morning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be, it's a good day to stay indoors with your eggnog and uh, open a couple presents and call that a day oh yeah that that's gonna that's gonna be a fun day for anyone who has uh, migraines too because they'll be like oh yes. my god no no <laughs> yes all right so okay so now destination embedding is definitely not the first ff because you got your sapphic uh pirates yes now that's completing or completed because i've been waiting for it to be completed and then i keep getting distracted because adhd that's fine it's not done so you're still good um yeah so there's uh the pirate series i have props um the pirate series started with uncharted Uncharted. um so the the i call it the pirate series the official title for anyone looking on amazon is the pirate and her princess uh or if you look up uncharted alley temple it's there too um yeah so there's two books out in that uncharted and then the sequel is unbroken and then the third one is unleashed which i am now rewriting for the fourth time this year learn from Auntie Allison don't don't ever pants a three book fantasy series like this is just that way that way lies tears and existential crises don't do it um yeah so so but it's I have it up for pre-order for April so it will be done by then um (laughs) so sometime (laughs) in the first you know few months of the year it'll be up (laughs) yeah exactly exactly I mean it's it's at a point like I'm rewriting now because it's been to the editor and she's come back and gone like I see where you're going with this but like here's some things to think about and it was definitely at the point where I needed someone else's eyeballs on it because I just I'd read it and rewritten it 
and cut like I the version the last version I like cut the entire first eight chapters and rewrote all of them and like even as a pantser that is generally not my mo um this has been this third book I've never all of my other titles like I originally started in like contemporary male male romance in that sort of traditional like here's a book series but every book follows a different couple with like discrete stories that have a beginning, middle and end within that book. I've never tried to like build a story arc over multiple books. And so coming to the end of that and trying to tie it up in a way that's meaningful and satisfying and plausible um, turns out to be much harder than people might originally believe, uh, including myself. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've learned a lot from that. I have uh, a new three book series planned for probably not until 2024. But like the reason it's not until 2024 is because I'm going to sit down and plot all of it before I write a single word. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. No, I accidentally found myself writing a trilogy. <laughs> That's what I've been to. And it was, oh God. Okay. So I do, I've got two pen names and one of my pen names mm -hmm. is E.E. E. Silver where I write yeah. Mpreg. Yeah. And I wrote this book for vale, the Vale Valley Shared World series. Okay. And my dumbass decided that I needed to make my character one of three brothers. Right. Which so first of all, don't don't ever do that unless you're going to plan that shit out in advance. Just mm -hmm. want to say, even on a contemporary, mm -hmm. you don't want to do that without planning shit out in advance. And I'm like, oh, no, no, not just three brothers, Raven Shifters. Wait, no, no, not just Raven Shifters. <laughs> They're God. Wait, no, not just gods. They're actually Odin's ravens. And yes, traditionally, there's only two. But that's just because they take turns on who's there and people just lost track of who's who. And so they're right. actually, they're not just raven shifters. They're not just gods. They're actually older than Odin. And no, don't do it. They're, they're, and so I'm like, all right, so this one, this one, this one is, is the God of the present. And then his brothers <laughs> are the God of the future and the God of the past. And oh, my God. So now I have to write the third book in 2023 because that's going to be in in the Vale Valley spinoff Valleywood to complete the damn trilogy because you know I have to yes yes and I, I didn't plan that far ahead no in my defense <laughs> I don't know what your excuse is in my defense um the first pirate book Uncharted started out as a joke on Twitter about how if the Princess Bride had been about lesbians it would have all been a much shorter story because Wesley in the Princess Bride had zero plan as far as I can tell like he sort of happened to come across Inigo and Fezzik uh, after they kidnapped Princess Buttercup and like followed after them and rescued her there but like how is that a plan he couldn't have known they were going to kidnap her so what exactly was the plot yeah and I kiddingly said that on Twitter and someone replied was like I would love to read Lesbian Princess Bride and then a bunch of other people went I would love to read Lesbian Princess Bride and suddenly I was writing the damn thing when I had no plan to like move into sapphic books fantasy books anything other than like contemporary cute fluffy mm romance that was what I thought was going to be my bread and butter for a very long time and suddenly I was writing pirates and I cannot tell you why I made that change other than I was having a mood on Twitter so yeah so I didn't plan anything because I didn't realize this was going to be a thing yeah like oh yeah we'll just do this and then that'll be done nope no no well again I wrote I wrote a book I figured that would be it and then I was like but maybe there's more story and now it's a trilogy I'm cutting it off at the end of three books I'm done I don't care if there's more story <laughs> we're we're breaking up that's it do something else do something else yeah Yes, moving on. 
All right. I love random facts. Okay. Like random things. Uh, I find them like a really great way to when there's a weird pause in conversation. <laughs> or, <laughs> or or when the conversation goes in a in a really awkward turn. Family right. events especially. Yes. <laughs> random factoids are a lifesaver because you could be like fun fact (laughs) did you know that the color purple was never was originally just called another called blue (laughs) really yeah huh no i did not know that that's why you have uh they didn't have that name purple like it's a it's a relatively new term and it has there's there was a, there was a color of it. I saw this cool video about it. Actually, how yeah, yeah, mauve yeah. was a, invented. Mauve, okay. the color mauve was invented yeah, like yeah. in the past yeah, few yeah, hundred yeah. years. Huh. It was the like past couple hundred years, and yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, that's why you have like the roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. You have that rhyme because huh. violets. I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never. I just assumed they did it for the rhyme, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they called. Uh, blue purple was just a kind of blue interesting and purple in and of itself was such a difficult color to manufacture uh right. especially but you know before like all the the synthetic ways of making it that's yeah, yeah. um like there's a prussian blue which is actually a purple prussian, the purple okay. color which came mm-hmm. from a secretions from these snails and was very yeah. difficult to make so it was the color of royalty so it was actually illegal to wear purple unless you were royalty yes. Including yep. in, in England, which is why mauve was invented. Because it's not quite purple. Not quite purple. And it's synthetic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah that is a fun fact. As a fun fact. Do you have any fun facts? Oh, I once got kicked out of a trivia night. I have fun facts. Um, <laughs> let me let me think of a good one. I have a lot of weird biological fun facts. Um, Those are always fun. I'm just saying. So I read a book. So at the start of the pandemic, you mentioned in my bio um, that I have the world's cutest team of rescue pets and anyone who spends any time on social media has met my rescue pet. So at the start of the pandemic, we adopted uh, a Mexican rescue puppy. Um, He's three years old now. He looks sort of like a skinny lab, but I got, I like fell down a deep rabbit hole about dog rescue. And along the way I learned. So there's a theory that street dogs like my dog are in fact the only true dog um, because all of the dogs that you buy from breeders are uh, artificially selected. Like they've been bred for specific traits, coat, uh, appearance, uh, personality, all of those things. Um, the only way the only way you can call something truly a particular species of animal is if it has occurred through natural selection. Um, and so street dogs who are left to breed and multiply on their own Um, are the only true dog, which is why when you start looking at rescue dogs, it doesn't matter if they come from Mexico or Texas or Turkey or India or Korea, um, they all look the same. Um, They're all sort of a medium height, kind of medium brown, a little skinny. um, And that's because they've all been naturally selected on their own, living in the streets, outside villages, outside garbage dumps. That's what a dog should look like. so yeah, so uh, the only true dog is a street dog, and they usually are pretty darn hardy too, and yes, sturdy and uh, and tough and yeah, 
Yeah, and Wiley. My dog's afraid of everything, but that's a survival mechanism. True. Um, he's afraid of our Christmas tree. Um, oh. <laughs> that might be because we spend a lot of time. I think he thinks we're afraid of the Christmas tree, when in fact we're not yelling at the Christmas tree, we're yelling at the cat to get out of the Christmas tree. Um, but I think he's, he's misunderstood the situation and thinks the Christmas tree is something to be afraid of. Um, That's so cute, though. Oh, my God. He's a, he's a good boy, but he's a little neurotic. Oh, I mean, I, I have cats. So, I mean, they're weirdos anyway. Yes. You know how cats are. And um, we have one. We've had several over the years. Yeah. yeah. And we have our, so our Christmas tree is a little three foot one that we have sitting on like a little table because then okay. it's not as tempting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my cats are also, I mean, you know, the one he's lost weight because uh, he's, been through uh, a lot of medical procedures recently so he yeah. lost a couple pounds yeah. so he, he's down to 16 pounds okay still a healthy cat he, mine well, is only 10 he and his sister were the whole litter and he's got that long fluffy fluffy coat and you're like that yeah. is a Maine Coon and his okay. mother his, his uh, sister is just like a regular gray tabby but she's got yeah, really yeah, yeah. dense coat because she's yeah. got that she's and she's got the triple coat too, despite not being long haired. Fluffy. Yeah. Mother was a seven pound tabby cat. Oh no, baby. <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, and then these two, you know, the the, the female, she's built like a brick house and yeah. <laughs> Josie. And then yeah. Jones, you know, he's he was 18 pounds, and like I said, he's lost a couple oh. of pounds, but so we're trying to yeah. bulk him back up because I can see how skinny he's gotten. I'm like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, you look at that cat and you go, oh, your daddy was a Maine Coon. Yes, yes. Well, and in terms of Christmas trees, that's a lot of leverage to throw around and like really get that thing rocking. So yeah, um, so little three foot tall tree. Yeah. Better for everyone. Yeah. Well, 100%. yeah. And it's also because I'm, I like, I like cute and creepy things. So it's a little black tree. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so it, it stays up year round because why the hell not? It doesn't take mm. up space. No. <laughs> It's perfect. I have my little, perfect. little, you know, cute little uh, lights and stuff. So, and so yeah, when yeah. a birthday comes around or an anniversary comes around, my husband will be like, I think there's a present under the anniversary tree. <laughs> you should look to see if Santa brought you a birthday present. <laughs> my birthday's in June. So, ah, yeah. That's so, really cute. It, and there you go. Works. But yeah. That's really cute. We still That's put up a full tree, but we don't. We don't decorate it like it just has lights and that's it um and so she'll climb it we tried we like we put together a selection of maybe a dozen or so like unbreakable ornaments last year plastic balls and like crafts made from felt and stuff like that and every morning we'd wake up and there'd be like a felt mouse under the dining room table and the cat going i have no idea how that got there it's just <laughs> it, when it's it walking, walked itself it's there the yeah exactly so uh this year yeah we scaled it down to lights and that's it um but because she's only 10 pounds she doesn't quite have enough leverage to tip it over so she just goes exploring a little bit and then carries on with her reign of terror throughout our house and uh <laughs> that seems to be the best way when i was a kid my mom had actually installed eye hooks into the wall yes. at yeah. the corner where the tree goes and then she would just mm -hmm. tie guides to the tree. yeah absolutely <laughs> my parents did that we didn't even have a cat 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, our tree now is artificial, but our trees growing up, you know, we went into the forest and cut them down. Yeah, yeah. Like, that thing's not centered. It's not balanced. There's no way that's going to stay standing up. So yeah, yeah, you know, we had hooks and tied those off. And that's because oh, yeah. there's nothing quite like the sound of a Christmas tree tipping over in the middle of the night and all of that glass clinkle, 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 and then crash, crash, crash. Like, oh, that is its own particular kind of sound. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so unmistakable. Lines and hooks. Well, you say that. So last week, yeah, my husband was away. He was traveling for work. I'm sleeping by myself. I've spent several hours over the course of the evening chasing the cat out of the Christmas tree. And all of a sudden in the middle of the night, it's like four in the morning and there's a crashing sound. And I get up and I'm like, oh God, like, so I go downstairs fully prepared to curse out the cat, but the tree is still standing peaceably in my living room. Come back upstairs. The cat is here asleep in the dog bed in my office looking at me like, why are you awake? It's only four. okay fine so I go back to sleep but now I'm awake and I'm alone in my house and now I'm thinking about like monsters and people breaking into my house and knocking stuff over and like so I don't sleep well for the rest of the night finally get up in the morning and it was a suitcase in the bedroom that had been there for months but since our last trip it was just living there and at four o'clock in the morning it decided it was time for a change and tipped over um (laughs) Your house ghost decided to, you know, keep you on your toes. Yeah, the poltergeist. So the sound of a Christmas tree is a very special sound all of its own, unless a suitcase randomly falls over while you are asleep, in which case sometimes you can get them confused. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, being asleep too. Like I, I listen yeah. to a, uh, I have a, an app that does mm-hmm. like, they tell, they have sleepy, sto- they have stories that they tell you, yeah. there's guided mm-hmm. meditations yeah. and all that stuff. And uh, I, I was listening to a Christmas story because they break mm-hmm. it up into se- Christmas Carol and they break it up into, you know, segments. Like I think it's like seven segments for this one. Yeah. And yeah. so I listened to a segment a night and at the beginning of each segment, they recap what they did, what was in the previous one, because they expect you to pass the F out. And yes. <laughs> I had it and, uh, you know, like I passed out just as she as the very nice narrator was finishing her, her wrap up, uh, you know, and what yeah. happened. And then I fell asleep and then I woke up and I could not understand anything that she was saying. Like she was using weird oh, voices no. and, and I'm like, what is going on? It is that English. And I'm like lying in bed, staring at my phone. Cause I have it playing on speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And my husband is behind me, you know, cause I got I'm, my backs to my husband and he's like, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I can't even move to turn it off. So I'm just like, fuck it. And I went back to sleep. And the next day my husband goes, did a Christmas Carol turn into Robinson Crusoe in the middle of the night? Because I think that's what happened. Oh no! Is that what happened? I don't know, but we decided not to, not to continue with the Christmas Carol because mm, that was a little weird. So I have a, a, a related story about not knowing the language. So, um, and and this is bookish too. So I have a, a male male romance called Hot Potato that came out in 2019. Um, and the the main character Avery suffers from migraines um, and is convinced like gets terrible migraines and is pretty much convinced that these are like gonna boil his brain one day and sort of wakes up one afternoon after having uh, a terrible migraine and finds himself like sort of cuddled up with the other romantic interest in this book watching tv except he can't hear anything and like has this moment of panic of like this is it it's finally destroyed my brain I'm never gonna live a normal life again and then Link, the guy he's with, points out that like maybe he just turned the sound off so Avery could rest. Um, and that actually 
happened to me. So the first, only one of two times I have ever taken NyQuil in my life. I was so sick. I was away visiting my aunt and uncle. And I said, you know, do you have any cold medication? I, I really feel awful. And my aunt said, well, we have NyQuil. And I said, fine, I'll take it. I've never taken it in my life. Oh, I took God. it. I do not remember walking from the bathroom back to the bedroom. I don't remember going to bed. Like it hit me so hard and so fast. And I woke up eight hours later and stumbled downstairs and I'm lying on the couch and I still feel awful. And I'm lying there and I'm looking at the TV and all of a sudden I realize I cannot understand a word that is being said, like nothing. I have lost the ability to understand English. I'm like, my life is over. And it like a full 15 seconds of panic before I realized that in fact what has happened is I'm lying on the couch and they're just like, the TV's just playing as background noise. And what happens to be on is a Bollywood movie. Um, <laughs> and NyQuil has not given me the ability to understand Hindi. Um, but it has prevented me from distinguishing it from English. Um, so yeah, so uh, that was, so that particular element of hot potato was, was definitely, there are several elements of hot potato that were drawn from true life. Um, but that one in particular, that moment of like, what is going on? I don't understand. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid one time, uh, I had such a bad fever that I got lost going back to my bedroom from the bathroom. Oh, no. And the lights were off and I had the fever. And, you know, when, when you're just like yeah. that bored and I had the flu. So, you no. know, have that borderline hallucination. Yeah, and yeah. I went in my bedroom door was right next to the door to my dad's office. Yeah. So I, you know, walked across the hall and then I went into the wrong room with the lights out. And then I couldn't find my bed and I couldn't yeah. find a light and I couldn't and I, everything was in the wrong place and I couldn't understand what was going on. So there I was, you know, like six, seven years old, crying oh. like the world is ending. Yes. And my mom is in the bed, her bed, you know, my parents' room. And she, yeah, yeah. she's like, well, honey, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't find my bed. And she's like, well, come <laughs> here. Dad. And I'm like. Where's here? <laughs> oh. So lost. Oh, it's the worst when you're sick. Yeah, yeah, and you're little and you don't know what's happening, and oh, that's really yeah. hard. Yeah, but no, really I, I oh, and and the migraine thing, I sympathize. I've gone, I've gone um partially blind from migraines temporarily. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, oh, I sympathize. <laughs> I had a I had a summer student at work once who uh, she was working in the lab part of the office, and I was at my desk, and she called me on the phone and she was like um can you come down to the lab and uh I, I said yeah is everything okay she said uh I, I I can't see out of my right eye and I went okay I'll be I'll be there like I'm leaving now I'm on my way and and it turned out it was her first migraine and she didn't know what was happening um yeah but she went partially blind in one eye at work um so that was scary for her especially but for all of us yeah um, yeah never fun never fun no no so, yeah. How do you feel about playing a quick game? Sure. All right. Let's play Shag Mary Cliff. Oh gosh. Okay. 
So Cliff being like, I'm going to throw them off a cliff? Yep, toss them off a cliff. Shag, shag, marry, or cliff. I will Hmm. not be mean and say that you can't sleep with the people you marry because you're you're married. (laughs) Because that's just plain old cruel. Can I shag them and then toss them off a cliff? No. No. Cliff is just, no, that that is a, sorry, baby, you got to go. So I actually found um, a list that's got a a bunch of them on here. So... That way, I don't have to, you know, put that much thought into things. So, Perfect. <laughs> um, so let's start with let's start one, one one with the guys. We got John Hamm, Matt Bomber, and Jamie Dornan. Oh no! Oh 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 no! Um, <laughs> it's evil, right? No, it is. Uh, I'm gonna. Cliff Matt Bomber only because I don't have a really strong sense of Matt Bomber. Um, I think we'll shag John Hamm and marry Jamie Dornan, but ask me again tomorrow and it might be the other way. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair, fair. I would probably Cliff John just because I'm like, I mean, he's got a good voice and all, but he does. I, I, I would marry Matt because he's a family guy. True. I don't I don't know him really. Yeah. I've seen him yeah. in a few things, but I like I, I haven't seen him in interviews or anything really. And uh definitely shag Jamie because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how about let's go with one of the go with the ladies edition. Uh sure. Zoe Saldana, Natalie Portman, and Mila Kunis. Oh. <laughs> Zoe Saldana, Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis. Uh Oh, uh, hmm. uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be so hard. I know, uh, right? <laughs> we're going to, we're going to cliff Natalie Portman, but I feel really bad about it. Um, And then we're going to marry Zoe Saldana and we're going to shag Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I keep working backwards on these, but that's how it's happening. Hey, there you go. I would, oh, it is a really difficult one. It is. Natalie and I would be very happy together in a long-term relationship. I'm confident in this. I I think I would marry Um, Natalie and Cliff Mila and and definitely shag Zoe. I I mean, like Zoe is, I I mean. I don't know. I just saw Zoe. She's kind of scary. So I I don't know. A little bit. I just saw her on Hot Ones. Um, and she was great, like really like someone I would want to sit down yeah. and have a conversation with. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much on the fence with all of these. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, she's, she's gorgeous and she's talented. She so. is that both of those. But every time I see her, um, I uh, tend to just flash back to her and the losers. Have you ever seen that movie? The losers. I always get that confused with the expendables, but I think I've seen both of them. Yeah, the losers um, was she was in with um Idris Elba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that that yes. that that one comic book one and she's oh she was yeah. awesome. And she was, she was. like she Actually, was my favorite like after Cougar. Cougar he had hardly any speaking lines because he didn't speak that much English. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There's actually, there's a fun fact. Uh, Zoe Saldana uh, holds the record among all actors, men and women, um, for being in three of the five highest grossing movies of all time. No one else has ever done that. Um, yeah. 
So this is why I get kicked out of trivia nights because I'm going to remember that forever. Um, why not, right? Exactly. Okay. Chris Pine, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. Charlie Hunman. Okay, so we're going to cliff Charlie. Um, that one's easy. And then who is? Chris Pine, Chris Pine and Channing Pine. Tatum. Uh, we're going to shag Channing and marry Chris, but I may live to regret that decision. Yeah, I would do the same thing too, because I mean, Channing, yeah. it, he's he's adorable, yes. but he just doesn't look like marriage material. Yeah, I think... I just I worry sometimes that we'd run out of like I don't think we'd have much to say to each other past a certain point. Yeah. Um, and not to say that he wouldn't have interesting things to say. I just don't think we'd have a lot of things. In, he doesn't want to talk about the the bloodlines of Mexican street dogs. Yeah, um, probably not. No. 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 <laughs> I'm not sure Chris Pine does either, but he's gonna listen. Yeah, he's gonna have to. All yeah. right. So let's go with how about one more uh, of the ladies? Sure. Okay. Let's do Emma it. Watson. Anna Kendrick and Emma Stone. Mm. We're going to cliff Emma Watson because she deserves to be left alone. Um, Shag Emma Kendrick and marry Emma Stone, I think. Mm. Sure. Why not? Sounds good. (laughs) Let's go with that. (laughs) Let's go with that. That works. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to put that. Uh, has she done something else? Has Emma Watson done something recently? No, I just, no, I just, I feel like Emma, Emma is entitled to her private life. Um, yeah, I should yeah. force my own private life on her. I'm sure Emma and the other Emma and Anna are also entitled to their private lives. But since I had to pick, that's the way I went. See, I, I don't know, because Emma Watson, I would be interested in marrying her. Like, she seems like someone that have- I could talk to. Yep every day and always find something new yes you could definitely take her to pub trivia night (laughs) i think i i do think emma stone at pub trivia night would be entertaining true i feel like she knows random stuff anna kendrick at pub trivia night would be amazing too yeah maybe this is like this is my pub trivia night super team is me and emma and emma and anna could be or karaoke night super team Yes, well, there's that. Because I know Emma can <laughs> sing. I know Anna can sing. Yes. And I think Emma can. Well, even if she can't, like, if she can't, then at least she'll make me sound good. <laughs> exactly. Well, she and I can just hang out and nurse yeah. a couple beers while the other Emma and Anna there keep you the go. party going. Exactly. There we go. All right. So wait, th- this will be the, the one sheet where we're like, oh, I keep them all. We'll, we'll all just sort of be a yeah. molecule. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're very happy together. Thank you for asking. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next thing I actually have written down was uh, the classes and session segment, which is where you info dump on stuff. When we were talking about the bloodlines of uh, of uh, Mexican street dogs. <laughs> yes. Uh, what? Because one of the f- most fun things I found about being an author is when you just sort of fall down that rabbit hole of research and you just learn the most random stuff. Okay. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I hate research. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like I really, there are books. I have this genius idea. I have like, I have, so I have this, this, it's like a five book vampire gilded age murder mystery series in my head. 
Um, it's going to be amazing, but it requires me to basically move to Newport, Rhode Island for a summer and like learn everything I can about the mansions there. And I don't want to do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that series will be unwritten forever. I can info dump. Um, but like the reason I wrote the pirate series is because I already knew a lot about like nautical history and tall ships. Um, not because I wanted to do a lot of research about pirates. I'd already done it. Um, yeah. I had an I had a pirate idea and it was an mpreg pirate idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was just like, but that's so much research. Yeah, it is. It's a lifetime. So much research, <laughs> even though it's like M- with mpreg, you have a lot. You know, there's a lot. There's more some flexibility. Yeah. There's there's yes. a lot more leeway there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and the reason, like, so the the pirate and her princess series is historical fantasy. Um, fantasy. And it, I mean. <laughs> building building your own world is a lot of work naming things i am so sick of naming things people places why why do they all have to have names um but i would rather make up my own world than like pick a historical period in time and make sure that i have like the types of ships right and what you know what kind of wood are they using and how far how long does it take to sail from a to b like i want to do that um i would rather make up my own stuff have a map tacked up on my wall where i can keep adding fictional countries um then have to like memorize all of those facts and details. Yeah, true. I I did. I had the the genius idea to do a uh, mpreg regency series. Ooh, I mean, and that I, sounds amazing. Oh, oh yeah, no, no. I wrote the first book, and it was it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- that book of the heart type thing. Yes. I had wanted to do it for so long. I'd even yes. figured out what the other stories in the series would be before. Yes. Yeah, and you know, like I, I was keeping track of everybody and all my characters and all that. The sheer amount of research that I had to do because it was Regency, and mm-hmm. I got to the end, and then I was double checking stuff, and I realized that I was using terminology that didn't exist. Yes, that yes. I was using uh, uh, technology that didn't exist. I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I had to go through and change stuff, and I wind up leaving some terminology. And I'm like, you know what? Only a historian is going to know that that they didn't. Sure, they weren't sure. talking about indecency this, laws then. This you know? is why people write steampunk because it's easier. You know, it's approximately the same time period, but then you get more leeway in terms of technology and geography and history and all of those things. Yeah, um, but it, and you yeah. have well, and also, but you know, with regular regencies, there's yes. There's a lot of leeway. It's gotten to especially oh, like sure. we, we're far from the Barbara Cart Cartland. Yes. Car- Car- yes. Um, where you know they were the same exact story over and over again, uh, with just the kiss at the end, but they were yes. historically accurate. We're very far from that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everything gets adapted. Yeah, you, you can't swing a dead cat without and... hitting a duke no. in the new regencies. So. <laughs> no, there are far too many dukes and they have all of their teeth. So we know what's wrong. Um yes. So yeah. I yeah, everyone has accepted to a certain extent that there's going to be liberties taken. Always. But you will you will get a stickler. You, yes. you will get sticklers. Like I had yes. um I mean, I got a kick out of the review. So this is not <laughs> me complaining about a negative review. No. But somebody put put in the review for my book that it didn't sound like Jane Austen. Right. Surprise! Uh, uh, there's butt babies, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, this is what you're worried about. This is what you're. Oh, oh, and complaining yeah. that there were. I had the period after like Mister. 
So my punctuation Whoa. wasn't appropriately British enough. Right, right. Yeah. I actually hired a British editor, though. It's hard. It's so hard. I mean, the nice thing about the nice thing about forfeiting responsibility for historical accuracy by moving into sort of fantasy, whether yeah. that is M. Prager. Otherwise, um, I mean, the uncharted stories, like it gives you leeway to explore yeah. the things you want to explore. Um, the the first mate on the pirate ship is non-binary um, and I don't have to explain it and I don't have to give historical context for the existence of non-binary people or how they were viewed or accepted or anything like they just are that that is they that are is there cool. and they are they yes and and everybody is cool with that mostly because they would stab them if they didn't yeah um, kind of like a gym in our flag mean stuff exactly yeah no I oh that show I watched that show a lot this year um <laughs> I love that show and yeah. I love how Jim is you know everyone sees Jim as a he him in the beginning and then they find out yes. that Jim has got um extra bits different yes. bits than what they thought yes. Jim had and they just immediately just switch that once they determine that Jim still wants to be called Jim yeah everyone keeps calling them that but they just automatically switch to they, them. Yeah. There's no conversation about the pronouns yeah. or anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's uh, clear. They're also in that show, not going for historical accuracy. So why do we need to angst a lot about, about Jim's pronouns? Jim is just yeah. Jim. Jim will stab you if you piss Jim off. Yeah. That's what you need to know. Jim is the most um, dangerous person on the ship, even I with Blackbeard there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love Jim. Um, and, and Vico Ortiz who plays Jim, their social media is amazing. I love Vico's social media too. So um, yeah, it's it, it's been a good year for queer pirates. I had a lot of fun um, through the spring trying to find different places to be like, hey, did you like this show? I also have queer pirates. Let me tell you about them. Um, it's been an exciting year. And I, I love I love that it's not just queer pirates, but you have the lesbian pirates because yes. so it's... I don't see a lot of that whole adventure. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place because the majority of <laughs> what I read is is MM. Right. So I don't see a lot of that adventure fantasy genre in the sapphic sense. It definitely exists. Yeah. Um, if you know, if you go to the Uncharted sales page on Amazon. And look at the also bots. There's a dozen other sapphic pirates. They're not all nautical pirates. They're space pirates. There's all sorts of so it definitely exists. Um, but you know, to my benefit, Uncharted now two years in a row has been my best-selling book, um, which is bananas to me. Um, <laughs> but but part of the secret to the success is the mar the available number of books compared to contemporary male male romance, as an example. Um, the number of available books is definitely smaller. So if you were like, huh, I really feel like reading some lesbian pirates this weekend, if you go to Amazon and search for that, odds are good you're going to find my book. Yeah. Um, whereas if you say, I really feel like reading some, you know, cute small town male male romance, like odds are not good you're going to find my book because there's hundreds upon hundreds of them. Yeah. Um, and so, so the market is smaller, but the readership is there. Mm -hmm. Um like people, people, yeah, it just keeps selling. I can't get over it. Um, which, you know, from a business perspective is great, but it's also really gratifying that like that, that joke on Twitter paid off that the people on Twitter who went, uh, I would like to read this actually like followed through and actually read it and have enjoyed it. Um, yeah, because it definitely seemed risky to me to be like, so this is a thing I'm doing now. Um, but it has, it has paid off for sure.
That's awesome, though. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to find something that people want to read. And that's one of the mm -hmm. best parts about self-publishing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's the gatekeeping, even with the indie pubs, you know, the small pubs, the gatekeeping yeah. is still there. Yes. And I mean, granted, the lack of anybody standing in the way of anybody publishing something means that you will occasionally run into something where you're like, that was a choice. Yeah. Yeah. For better or worse. Um, yeah. I mean, I often talk to people who, well, how come you self-publish? You know, why don't you try and get a publisher? I had a publisher. It didn't work out. Um, the nice thing about self-publishing is that when someone says, yes, I'd like to read this, like you can write it and publish it. I mean, Uncharted took me a while because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but but like, you know, I have and and everybody has to find the path that works for them. And I have mm -hmm. friends who still publish traditionally with traditional publishers and it works for them either financially or, you know, because they've only got the spoons to write books and they don't have the spoons to market it and network and all of that stuff. Like all they've got time and availability for is just to write the books and then hand them off to publishers and let them manage the other end of it. We could have a whole other talk about the business side of publishing. Yeah. Um, but but that also means that they're waiting. Um, because they're being published on the publisher's schedule. And so even if someone says, yes, I would love to read your lesbian pirate books, like you could be waiting two or three years before that actually hits the shelves. Whereas I can start writing something and get it out within the same year. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely for me, that's one of the big pluses. Um, I certainly never intended to be, I always tell people, I, I never intended to be the CEO of my own tiny publishing empire. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to be like, oh, would you like to read that? Okay, I'll write it for you. And actually be able to follow through on that in reasonably short order or without being like, well, it's done uh, late next year. I think it'll come out. I'm just waiting on the date. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to say April, the last pirate book is coming out, whether I want it to or not. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, there's, and there's, there's something to be said for that. And, you know, like I joked about, you know, sometimes, you know, the content or quality might be, yeah. you know, a choice. But, you know, that's okay, though. I mean, they're, everyone's got to start somewhere. And, yes. you know, I started off in fandom and writing fanfic, mm -hmm. and it was terrible. Like it, it, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. Everybody has to write those shitty first few stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, okay, if, some, if somebody has the confidence and the support to be like, screw it, I'm going to publish this first book I've written – and yeah. yeah, maybe it's not perfect, but that's okay because they're going to learn yeah, and they're going to evolve and they're going to have the opportunity to do that instead of with traditional publishing. Like I was with uh, Lucid. Mm -hmm. I, I worked for another small publisher uh, brief for like a year and change uh, Musa. Um, I, I have a book with Riptide and I have a book and one coming out at some point <laughs> with Decadent. Okay. But I I prefer self-publishing now too. I don't think I'm gonna go back to unless I do a mainstream book, which is very unlikely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't think I'll go back to publishers just because I like that ability to control my own schedule mm -hmm. and to control my own message and content. Yeah. And and yeah, there's sometimes there isn't spoons for marketing, but I gotta tell you, I mean especially publish smaller publishers even yes, the larger you're ones you're going to have to do it anyway yeah they really don't support you with marketing anymore they don't they don't really no. send out for reviews and 
It's- no, no, particularly the small ones, which is, you know, a lot of the books that you and I write and people, people, people in our niches, right? Like you're going to wind up at small publishers. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate before I started writing, um, sort of career wise, I was working in corporate marketing. So, yeah. so I had sort of that skill set to start from, um, yeah. which goes a long way. And I, I often have to check myself and remind myself that not everyone comes from that place. And so, yes, it's overwhelming and yes, it's going to work. Um, but I mean, they are skills just like writing is a skill. You know, that first book, that first book is always going to be cringy 10 years from now. Like there's just, that is unavoidable. Um, and you got to let and, it stay and, cringy. That's the thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not so good at that part. Um, but, but but just because you find it, I mean, we're always most aware of our own flaws and the things we would change in our own work. I really, I think the thing that sets published authors apart from aspiring authors is the ability to let go of the work and be like, yeah, close enough. Um, like <laughs> there will always be things you can tweak and change and you will always read it six months, a year, two years later and find the plot hole that you completely missed the first time or the typo on page 27 that everyone missed, no matter how many rounds of editing and proofreading you do. Um, Published authors learn to live with that and move on to the next project. Aspiring authors who can't learn to let go of those projects and move on to the next thing never publish anything. Like they just tweak forever and ever. And like if that makes you happy, if that's yeah. the hobby yeah. you find satisfying is living in this world and moving through the world and the stories and the characters and exploring all of the facets of it, that's fabulous. But yeah. but career-wise, it's not how you move the ball forward. No, I actually... Um one of my things for one of my resolution, my, my career resolutions for 2023 was to get my ish together and actually hired a PA because I'm Excellent. terrible at marketing. I do. PAs, I have a PA. She does, she does the parts of marketing I don't like to do. Um, she finds all of the Facebook groups and shares when I have books on sale and all that stuff. I hate social media. I'm just waiting for or like Facebook to come flag my account for no good reason and shut me down. Um, and, and I will not come back. Um, I'm not going to create a secondary backup account and start friending all of my friends to let them know I'm still around when Facebook arbitrarily decides I'm no longer welcome. Like I'm good. I'm out. Um, <laughs> that, that's your excuse to peace out. Yeah, exactly. I was just waiting for Zuckerberg to tell me I was done and he told me. So yeah. Godspeed. I have a newsletter. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's my, plan. that's my resolution for 2023 is to piss off Facebook enough that they tell me to take my ball and go home. And I will. Yeah, you go. Be like, all right, well, fine. Be that way. I'm outie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that that is a good place for us to wrap up, actually. Excellent. Okay. It is. Um, I will be putting all of the links to your existing socials. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And to the, like the pre you got the pre-order up for your last sapphic uh, pirate and for your yeah. new release yeah. uh, as of when this airs of destination betting. Yeah. That way uh, our listeners can come and find you and check yeah, you out. I'm, I am there and uh, yeah, I'll be on social media as long as I'm welcome. So uh, come <laughs> say hi. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Thank you. I always love a blanket fort and uh, yes. yeah, this, this was fun. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Have a good one. I'm right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The Blanket Fort is an original podcast hosted and produced by me, Elizabeth Silver.
music is playing in color by Nullhertz on pixabay.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and share it with your friends who also enjoy all the awesomeness that is queer romance novels. Thanks and see you again next time.